Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Gathering My Thoughts MTG podcast. My name is Spencer, and today I'm talking to you about what's on my mind about Magic the Gathering. Specifically, today we're going to be talking about my Commander Cube. Now, if you've been playing Commander Legends over the last couple of weeks or months, you kind of are familiar with the idea of drafting a Commander set, but I built one... But I built a cube to do this uh, same kind of thing uh, that uses cards other than Commander Legends cards. So today I want to talk about that a little bit. But before I get into it, let me gather my thoughts. Before I get too far into it, let me just make sure that everyone's on the same page about what drafting is. So draft is a magic format where you typically have eight players and everyone starts off with three booster packs often from the same pack, uh, all from the same set. In this case, uh, if we were talking about Commander Legends, for example, everyone gets three Commander Legends booster packs, and they keep the packs in front of them. At the same time, everybody opens up the first pack and gets to look at all the cards that are in that pack. And then you would typically choose one card, and then put set that card aside and pass the rest of the pack to the person to your right. Then when the person on your left pass them, passes you their pack you look through all the remaining cards and choose one of them and set it aside and pass that pack to the right and so on and so forth until all of the cards in pack one have been drafted out so then you grab the second pack crack it open look through all the cards choose one of them to set aside and pass the rest of the cards to the left then when the person to your right passes you their pack you look through that one choose one of them set it aside pass the rest of the cards to the left etc etc until you draft out all of those cards, and then you open up the last pack and do the same thing, passing back to the right. So then once you have all three of these packs uh, drafted out amongst yourselves, you get to look at the cards that you drafted and use them to make a 40-card deck, and then you get to play against each other with these 40-card decks that you put together. For Commander Legends, it's a little bit different uh, because the packs have 20 cards in them rather than 15 like a normal booster pack. So you end the draft with 60 cards instead of 45, and then you use those cards as well as basic lands that are provided by the store or whatever friends that you have or however you're drafting. You take uh, basic lands and uh, combine them with the cards that you have to build 60-card commander decks where you have a commander uh, who is a legendary creature from the set and also the, uh, the other 60 cards that you drafted. In my cube, it's very similar to this, but instead of three packs of 15 or three packs of 20, I decided to build it so that the players can construct complete 100 card commander decks. This means that there are a lot more cards to draft through uh, and that the setup is a little bit different. So I want to go through and talk about uh, some of the logistics of my cube in the interest of maybe inspiring someone else to build a cube or to even get feedback from you guys on uh, on things that I should improve or uh, or things that are going well. So to start us off, uh, I want to talk about like how I got the, the idea to build this cube. It, it started off a couple years ago, honestly. Uh, I have never really drafted very much, uh, if I'm being honest. I, I've done it a couple of times and it's a fine format. I understand how it works. Uh, but Commander is definitely the format that I had played the most of up until building this cube. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had heard of people building something like this and I knew that it was theoretically possible. And I was looking at my own collection and I said, you know what? I have 
you know, four to six decks that I don't really play anymore, but I really love the cards. The commanders are really beloved to me, and I spent a lot of time and energy and money putting these decks together so that they could be powerful, coherent decks. And so they have like a lot of the, uh, you know, staples for those commanders or uh, powerful cards that could go maybe in multiple decks. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take these, you know, four to six decks, take them all apart uh, and use the pieces sort of put them all back together in a cube form and then add a couple of cards that were missing maybe, take away some cards that are too specific to one particular commander and, uh, you know, just fill in the gaps and build a cube out of it. That way we can kind of draft these decks uh, or other decks, whatever people are able to come up with in in sort of a, a cube setting. So originally, this cube had close to 600 cards in it, which is a lot considering uh, it was only designed to be drafted with four players. The reason for that is because a typical pod of commander is four players. And so I thought, all right, I will uh, put enough cards into this cube so that everyone can draft a commander deck. Uh, and, and initially, that started off as like six packs of something like 25 to 30 cards, I believe. And, and that was just a lot. Uh, it ended up being so many that by the end of the draft, players felt like they could draft two complete commander decks, which m maybe all that means is that I should have played with eight players instead of four. But what I ended up doing was just sort of like taking cards out, taking out archetypes, you know, just finding uh, things to cut from this cube so that we could have fewer cards uh, and be able to have a better time with this. Because part of the issue is that it would take, you know, two hours, two and a half hours just to draft the thing because there were so many cards. And then after that, you'd play a commander game and, uh, and it ended up being a, a really time consuming event. So now I cut it down to about 480 cards, which means that if you draft it out to everybody, to four players, everyone should have about 120 cards. Uh, the reason I came to that conclusion is that when you are drafting a normal uh, commander deck, or excuse me, a normal draft pod, you have three packs of 15 cards. And so when you finish drafting them out, everyone has 45 cards and you only end up using about 23 of those to build a deck. So I figured, well, if 23 is about half of 45, then uh, you end up having about twice as many cards as you actually need to build a draft deck. So in Commander, if you have uh, decks that use about 63-ish non-land cards and then the rest are lands to fill out your 100-card Commander decks then drafting uh, about 120 cards, which does include lands, by the way, ends up uh, being about the right proportions. And right now I'm still debating, I might even be able to pull out more cards than that. Uh, and then it will make the drafting faster, like I've said before, and, uh, and everyone will still have enough cards to build a coherent deck. The other thing about the cube is that it is 100% singleton. There are no repeats of any cards. And so when you're drafting and you see a card, like a soul ring, for example, you have to grab that card because you probably won't see it again. It won't be able to come up uh, an additional time and you won't really be able to draft uh, uh, multiples of, of any given card. So I have 480 unique cards in this cube uh, and and it's designed to be drafted among four players. So, But I want to talk about how I break down these cards because I don't think it's super helpful for you, for you to know just how many I have. And so I want to talk about the important uh, cards that I include in the cube to make everything work. First and foremost, I have 96 legendary creatures. Again, that's all singleton. It's uh, 96 unique cards. And the way that I made this work is by putting four of them 
in every single pack. So for Commander Cube, uh, one of the biggest things that people have to get over when they are building uh, a cube like this is how are they going to draft out commanders? I've heard of people building commander cubes and making a commander pack where for the first pack of the draft, they just have only legendary creatures or commanders in this pack and everyone you know drafts them out until they're all gone and those are sort of your options for commanders for the rest of the cube then all the other cards in the rest of the packs there are no legendary creatures and you just draft cards specifically for whatever commander you wanted to build um to me i didn't think that that was necessary because uh if you fill the cube with a whole bunch of legendary creatures eventually someone will be able to find one that works and they can choose that as their commander and i think that commander legends has also proven that that you don't have to build around a specific commander uh you can just sort of draft and then choose a legendary creature that fits your colors if you feel that way inclined and i also like the ability uh of like drafting out you know s certain colors and then you find this commander that has you know maybe slightly different colors and saying, okay, instead I want to do this. I want to draft this commander. And so for the rest of the draft, uh, you you try and find cards from that new color or that fit into this new commander. And so it just gives you a little bit of flexibility to be able to switch halfway through uh, and have a new commander. So rather than having um, one pack at the beginning of the cube with commanders in it, I chose to put four legendary creatures that can be your commander into each pack, giving people the opportunity to... Uh, switch their draft halfway through. Now, another ha uh, another house rule that I have in my cube is that for the first pack, pack one picks one, two, three, and four, you have to choose a legendary creature or a commander. Um, I did this because it makes it guarantees that at the end of the game, everyone's going to have at least one commander. If they didn't draft a single other legend, the entire cube, at least they'll have those four that they can pick from, and hopefully they have enough non-land cards to uh, also be able to piece together some sort of deck around them. Uh, I, f I feel like that might not be completely necessary, but I have tried a couple of uh, drafts without it and if i don't have that rule uh the the cube is designed in such a way that you can just build you know five color good stuff and without like a, a commander at the very beginning of the cube to help you focus what you want to build your commander around if you don't have that right at the very beginning then people just like grab the best cards in every pack and have no reason you know to uh choose worse cards over better cards and and uh, in the end it's actually more difficult to build a deck because you don't have you didn't draft specific archetypes you drafted the best cards that you could and i feel like that is a common characteristic for non-commander drafts but in this specific instance with this cube that i built i really like that there are cards in the cube that are very powerful but other cards that you would draft before those cards, you would draft the worst cards before the better cards because they synergize with the commander you're trying to build. And so it adds a really interesting aspect to draft that's not there in other formats, but I think it's really great. And so for that reason, I've got four legendary creatures slash commanders in every single pack, and pack one picks one, two, three, and four. Everyone has to pick a commander. After that, you can pick whatever you want, uh, but but that's sort of the, the house rule that I've created for this cube. Now. If we want to talk about the the legendary creatures and which ones I chose, it, it's not really that important 
which creatures you choose in your draft. I tried to choose ones that were interesting and that would hopefully inspire players to build commander decks around. But you can choose whichever legendary creatures you want to be the commanders in your cube. Honestly, uh, I, I would prefer it that way because you have different uh, you know, commanders that inspire you than the ones that inspire me. So I'm not really going to go into specific examples of uh, commanders that I included, but I do want to talk about how I, I broke down the colors because it's a pretty important uh, part of a cube to have your colors distributed relatively evenly. The reason for this is you don't want to have, you know, four players all playing green because they end up getting you know, a bunch of red, white, black, and blue cards that they can't really use. Uh, and, and no one is able to build a cohesive deck because everyone is building the same color. So I want to say that, so in my cube, I have six monocolored commanders for every single color. Six white, blue, black, red, and green. And then I also have three of every two color combination, three of every three color combination, three five-color commanders, and three colorless commanders. Now, I want to say the colorless commanders, I have never yet seen someone draft a colorless commander deck in my cube. Theoretically, I assume it's probably possible, but no one has done it yet. Uh, and if you want to build a colorless commander uh, option into your cube, I would recommend putting a lot of artifacts and things that could support that colorless commander. Otherwise, uh, I would recommend balancing your color pairs uh, and your other color combinations so to give everyone an equal chance to uh, to draft whatever color that they want. Another thing that I want to mention is I didn't include any four color uh, commanders because the only options are pretty powerful. There was a version of this cube that included Atraxa, Brea, and Yidris, but I found that those commanders were so powerful that it, it made it difficult uh, to play other commanders. And what I mean by that is, let's pretend like you have a Hapatra green, black, minus one, minus one counters deck that you're excited to draft in this cube. As you're drafting, you're picking all your green cards, all your black cards, all the things that synergize with these counters, and then you come across Atraxa. And Atraxa do, can do very similar things to what you are trying to already draft, but it gives you access to more colors and it makes it possible uh, to expand beyond just minus one, minus one counters. Now you can maybe use plus one, plus one now and charge counters and energy and whatever else that you can find in the cube. And so the right answer typically is just to play Atraxa. And the reason that I didn't like that is because it uh, made other counters commanders obsolete so i chose to take out atraxa and i chose to take out brea for a very similar reason because she would make other artifact commanders obsolete because she offers so many more colors and does the artifact thing so much better than anyone else yidris came out of the cube just because he was a little bit too powerful uh and he would make turns last really long, and he wasn't fun to play against, and there wasn't enough interaction in the cube to really be able to shut him down. And even if there was, that means that one player, the Yidris player, is getting shut down all, all game and isn't having fun. So I decided to take out Yidris, I took out Atraxa, I took out Brea, um, and now there are no four-color commanders in the cube. You might also ask, like, what about five-color commanders then? Because that 
presents a very similar problem in that all these colors means you can just draft the best cards of any color and then have like a, a five color good stuff deck. Technically in this cube that's still possible, uh, but that was a legitimate concern for me. Uh, and I had Golos in the cube for a while, and as well as Joda, Archmage Eternal. And both of those commanders are really powerful, but also known for sort of being good stuff commanders. And so I had a couple of guys who would just do exactly what I've been describing, where they would draft all the, the best cards from every color and then just play five color good stuff. And that tends to sort of hinder other players because they end up taking, not only do they take really good cards, but those are good cards that other players might be able to use in their less powerful decks. And so it ended up being less fun. So I so I took out Joda, I took out Golos, and any other commander that could be sort of a good stuff commander. And in their place, I put a couple of commanders that are five colors in fairness, but they are five color commanders that are a lot more specific. For example, I put in Morophon. Uh, and Morophon has all f access to all five colors, but is typically like a tribal commander. Or if you have to, if you want to build good stuff, you really just don't have synergy from the command zone. So uh, Morophon is a really great option. Also, I have Reaper King in the cube, who is a very scary commander and can be very powerful, but is not really, not typically just a good stuff card. And my third. Uh, five color commander is Tazri, uh, the the one from Zendikar Rising that uh, is uh, pretty specific to certain creature types, uh, and and so I felt like those five color options were really good because they didn't uh, just make it very easy for players to draft good stuff, and and then just have synergy in their commander. They have to actually build around a specific archetype or a specific creature type or some sort of specific aspect to the game. And so I, I'm able to sort of sidestep the good stuff uh, uh, tendency that some five color commanders have a little bit. So that's kind of the breakdown from for the commanders. Like I said before, every pack has four of them. Pack one picks one, two, three, and four. You have to choose a legendary creature. And then other than that, there uh, you can just draft whatever you want. And typically, people end up choosing their commander in those first four and either drafting those commanders or something very similar to those commanders. And it's it's been a total blast. Uh, I do want to talk about 10 other legendary creatures that are technically in the queue, but they're not draftable. Uh, when Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, was released, they had a cycle of 10 companions. Uh, that you could add sort of as like pseudo commanders in, in any deck. And technically those are also legal in commander. And so I got all 10 of those companions. And uh, before the draft starts, I lay them all face down and let everyone choose one at random. And so everyone gets a companion and they can choose to uh, build their deck according to those deck building restraints. Because in order for a player to use a companion they have to build their deck in such a way that it complies with the deck building restraints that are listed on the card and so they are allowed to build according to those deck building restraints um, but they don't have to and so it's just sort of another interesting way to try and focus the players uh in, into in their in the cards that they choose for their decks now uh, i also want to say really fast about that 
I do include Lutri, which is banned in Commander, as well as Yorion, whose deck building restraint says you need to have 20 more cards than your starting or than your minimum deck size requirement. And so those cards are both typically unusable in Commander, but this is my cube, and so we play by my rules. And so I say that you can add 20 cards to your deck to build a Yorion a companion deck and I say that Lutri is legal because I specifically built the cube so that Lutri is probably not going to be able to be broken. If someone finds some infinite combo to win with Lutri, that's totally fine because it's just not going to be running rampant around the commander format. It's a pretty isolated situation and if you pull Lutri, you can build her as your you can build your deck with her as your companion and if not, it's no problem. So uh, this has been actually pretty fun, I think. There have been a couple of players who have been able to pull off uh, companions uh, uh, and uh, build their decks with the companions deck restriction, and it's been really fun. So uh, you don't have to do that, obviously. That's just sort of a thing that I decided to throw into my cube, but it's been really fun, and, and I really enjoyed it. So maybe give it a shot. There are two other kinds of cards in this cube that I think really matter and are worth talking about. Like I said before, it's not really too productive for me to go through specific uh, examples of what cards are good and what cards are bad and, you know, which archetypes you should include in your, your cube and, the th and things like that. But there are a couple of things that matter. So put whatever cards, whatever archetypes, whatever, you know, decks you want into your cube. But I would recommend having uh, perfect mana. Uh, and, and here's what I mean by that. I, I don't mean that every land taps for every color and so you always have great mana. But in my cube, it's always been a uh, priority to have 10 shocks, 10 fetches, and even sometimes 10 dual lands, original duels. The thing about this is that I know that a lot of those cards are very expensive. But since this is a cube and you're not going to be doing it, you know, in any sort of competitive way, in fact, Commander Cube is like a casual version of an already casual format. So feel free to proxy whatever cards that you need. I did this a ton when I first started my cube, and then I've slowly been uh, sort of replacing the proxies with real cards, but even still, I'm not done with that. And since it's all, they're, all the cards are yours and you're not playing competitively, no one can say, you know, don't play with proxies or whatever, uh, because it's your cube and it's your rules. So, so I would say since Literally any card in the history of Magic is is at your disposal with, you know, uh, proxies in mind. Absolutely make sure that you have uh, as perfect mana as you possibly can. So, like I said, for me, that included 10 shocks, 10 fetches, uh, 10 dual lands in some situations. I think I've switched the dual lands out now. I think I run the, the Kaldheim snow duels, which, by the way, are a great option. Um, it even lets you build a snow archetype into your cube if you feel that way inclined. I also run all 10 of the Bond lands, which are the ones that started in Battle Bond and were finished in Commander Legends. They enter the battlefield untapped if you have two or more opponents. Uh, in this cube, obviously, you're going to have three opponents, so that works every time. And those lands are amazing for fixing your mana. Um, and then in addition to that, I run eight gold lands, or in other words, lands that can tap for mana of any color. And so that's obviously Command Tower, uh, Opal Palace, um, Path of Ancestry. I also run Cavern of Souls, 
an unclaimed territory for the tribal decks that you can probably draft in the cube. Uh, I run Pagliano, uh, the high city, which is a really fun draft card that says when you draft it, you draft it face up and three players choose a color and those are the colors that that land taps for. That's proven to be a really, really fun card uh, in this cube. And and in fact, I've, I've included a couple of cards like that uh, that say, you know, that are, are, are draft-specific cards. They'll say, like, as you draft this card, draft it face up, and then, you know, something cool happens. Those cards came from uh, the Conspiracy sets. If you own them, they can't really be played anywhere uh, because you probably didn't draft them uh, when you're playing them in, like, Commander, for example, or Standard or other, you know, Eternal formats. And so this is the perfect place to include those cards because now you're playing commander but you're also technically drafting which is pretty cool so anyways that was a, a bit of an aside but yeah uh Pagliano and other of those when you draft this card cards from conspiracy sets uh are really fun to include in uh cubes like this so but yeah so i have uh eight gold lands 10 like i said of the shocks fetches snow duels and bond lands then i don't include any three color lands if i had 10 uh of the tri lands from like con uh cons of tarkir or shards of alara or even you know the five triomes or things like that those cards i feel like often would not be usable like i said before there are only three commanders for every three color combination and three of every of uh, three five color combinations and in contrast to that there is six of every two color combination or excuse me three of every two color combination and six of every mono color which means that there's more than twice the number even three times the number of one and two color uh, commanders than there are three and five color commanders and so because of this i chose to not include any of the tri lands or three color lands because the two color lands work just fine they end up fixing your mana really great especially if you have fetches and shocks uh, and other basic land types uh, and they don't end up getting stuck uh, like the three color lands might in the draft if you are only running a one or two color deck um, and then in my cube, I also make uh, the Snowlands, Snow Basics, and Regular Basics available. Uh, I don't think it's worth putting a slot into the into the cube for you to draft those cards. And so those are just available afterwards, the same as a, uh, a as regular basics would be. Um, and then finally, related to these lands, I have three uh, non-basic lands of every single color. So and that'll be things like Gaia's Cradle or Urborg, Tomb of Yawgmoth, or things like that that are just like good utility cards um, that might be good includes in decks of those colors. And then also there are nine colorless lands that are like Fabled Passage, which I guess is technically gold, but it's also technically colorless, um, or Evolving Wilds, or something like Buried Ruin, or things that would uh, synergize with uh, other archetypes in the set in the cube rather the land slots like this for the monocolor and the colorless lands they are really really great options to supplement the archetypes in your decks in your cube without including a card uh you know like a non-land card so they, they end up being really powerful and i would definitely recommend choosing your lands carefully but the most important takeaway with these lands is that you always have uh enough dual lands to make sure that everyone can play their cards because it's never fun to sit down at a game of commander and have somebody be mana screwed. And so uh, making sure that you do the absolute 
you know, most that you can to make sure that people don't get mana screwed makes this cube um, uh, really fun for everybody. And along these same lines, the last, uh, you know, sort of type of card that I want to talk about in this cube is ramp cards, and specifically colorless ramp. If you want, you can include like green land ramp or like red or black rituals or anything like that to be able to make specific colors ramp better. But I have found that it's really important to have as much colorless ramp as you can uh, because it makes it so that... Uh, no matter what happens, as long as the colors, you know, the lands are perfect and you can ramp in any color, your decks are probably going to run more smoothly and people are going, are going to be able to have more fun. Furthermore, uh, the, the decks that you draft in this cube of mine are actually really high powered. I've had people be able to combo off in the first five turns in some, in some instances. Um, and I've had people be able to, you know, play gigantic spells really expensive spells and, and things like that and it's just it ends up feeling like a full powered commander pod that you drafted in a, in a in a cube draft and i think that that's so much fun and one of the linchpin characteristics of uh of the cube that allows you to be able to play at that high power is having really good ramp so in my cube i include soul ring obviously uh, Thought Vessel, Mindstone, and Basalt Monolith. Those are all like my colorless ramp options. Uh, and then I also have all 10 of the Signets that are, that's two mana and they, you pay one into them and they tap for uh, the, each, uh, the, their respective color pairs. I run Felwar Stone and Arcane Signet that tap for any color of mana. Uh, I run Wayfarer's Bobble, Sword of the Animist, and Solemn Simulacrum that all are able to help any color uh, ramp their lands. I run a bunch of sort of strategy specific ramp spells, uh, sort of like Ashnod's Altar, so like you can sacrifice a creature to add mana, or Crystalline Crawler synergizes with 1-1 counters, Pyromancer's Goggles, Gilded Lotus, and coveted jewel those are all sort of specific to you know one specific strategy and finally i i have one copy of jeweled lotus in the cube and that's a really powerful card and i know that some people might not really like that i have that or play with it uh, but the thing is is that jeweled lotus in this cube is actually maybe the perfect home for it because it's really difficult to break the card you know and and it allows for really high costed commanders to be able to be a part of a game uh there are very few if any commanders that will just like break the the game completely if you can get your jeweled lotus out there uh, and cast your commander turn one or two and so it, it, it's a really great fit for this cube so uh, if you can or want to I'd recommend trying jeweled lotus uh, and so all of these together add up to 25 ramp spells which means that if you split those up equally every player gets about eight ramp cards uh, and that is honestly a really great uh, number for any commander deck and that doesn't include like I have a lot of green ramp spells uh, in the cube and other sort of color specific spells but having uh, th this 25 I found is a really good number to make sure that everyone can have good mana and play play with their spells pretty consistently so those are the the sort of three specific uh skeleton pieces of the cube that matter i think making sure your legendary creatures uh, are well balanced and interesting making sure your lands can produce all of the mana that you need to at any point in the game and making sure your ramp uh, is colorless and able to uh, accelerate all of the players equally other than that like i've said before just put whatever cards you want into this cube 
it, it's so much fun to be able to play with just like pet cards or like I said before, decks that you're not playing with, but you probably still love the idea of it. You know, you liked it well enough to build it at least once upon a time and, and maybe being able to draft those cards in the cube uh, can sort of reignite that love for the deck or also just like scratch the itch. Sometimes just having those cards that you can uh, draft in a cube but not need to play, you know, in a in a complete deck really just like gets the the wiggles out sort of for playing that deck and and it's, it can be very satisfying. For a long time when I had this cube, I didn't feel a need to build more commander decks because every week I just get together with my friends and build a different commander deck, you know, build a, a new one from the cube and then uh, I wouldn't really have to uh, use a lot of energy and time and money building new decks that I would play maybe, you know, four or five times and then just kind of be done with. But so yeah, the cube is really good for that as well. And making sure that everyone can play their cards on curve and, and be able to do something cool and powerful with these uh, is is really important, I think. So uh, one thing that I want to say really fast about uh, what the cards that you do include is that when I was putting together this cube, like I said, I took apart some of the decks that I already had uh, and used those as sort of a starting point for the cube. And so, and then I put other cards in around those uh, decks that I already had taken apart for it uh, and added cards until I had a full cube. But the cards that I added, I wanted to be very careful about because uh, if you have uh, one specific Civic Commander and 65 cards that can only really be played with that commander, then you can pretty much guarantee that you'll draft that that deck every single time and no one will ever contest the cards that you want for that deck. And obviously I do see how that would be a fun way to play, but at that point, just play that deck, you know? pull the cards out of the cube, put the deck together and and go play in a pod with that deck. So commanders that have that kind of uh, restriction, or in other words, commanders that you would build that have cards that don't fit in many other commander decks are probably not great options for the cube. One really good example of this is Feather the Redeemed. Uh, Feather is a really powerful commander and a really fun deck to play and, and build but it includes a lot of cards that are like target creature gets plus one plus zero draw a card and that is the kind of card that you would never play in any other deck in commander so no one else is looking to draft those cards and you can just snatch them up and have access to every single one of them I don't think that that is a fun way to play cube. And so what I did was I included, I tried to make sure that all of the cards that I added would be desirable to multiple commanders. And as, an, as a part of this, I chose to only play commanders that didn't need specific cards to make the deck work. And that's not 100% true. I have some commanders in this cube that require specific cards and that one or those one or two specific cards are in the cube. And so they'll probably be able to draft those. But I don't want a full deck of exclusive, you know, Feather the Redeemed cards. It's something more like a Sundial of the Infinite for Rune of the Hidden Realm uh, or a, you know, Coveted Jewel for, uh, for Marisil the Pretender or things like that. But even then, some of those cards are actually interesting to other decks. So uh, when I was including cards or cutting cards, one of the primary uh, considerations that I had about them was how many commanders in this cube could utilize this card. And if it's a good handful, go ahead and throw it in. But if it's only one, maybe consider 
not putting it in the cube. Uh, one thing that I said before is that this cube, it's your cube, so use your rules, whatever you want. Like you don't have to play by the commander rules 100% if you don't want to. Uh, for example, I chose to change the rules about hybrid mana in my cube. And so hybrid mana, if you see a hybrid mana symbol, that means or instead of and. Or in other words, if you have a, a card with hybrid red, white, red, white in the cost, then those red, white symbols are red mana or white mana. And they can go in a mono white deck or a red green deck or any other deck that includes one of the colors, but not the other. I think that uh, I chose to do this because the way the cards are designed, it just sort of makes sense. And it makes it a little bit uh, easier for when you're drafting cards to have uh, powerful effects that you need. Another example of your cube, your rules is that I ch ended up choosing to include certain banned cards in the format or in the cube, rather. Uh, there was a brief period of time where Emrakul, the Eons Torn, was in included in the cube, as well as Prophet of Crufix and a couple other cards that are banned in Commander. And uh, with some of those, I ended up taking them out because there's a good reason that they're banned in Commander. Other cards like Flash, I, I still have in the cube because, yeah, it's banned in Commander, but it's not too powerful with the cards that I have in this cube. And so it's a really great option. Feel free to... Uh, make whatever you know special rules you want for your cube that'll make it more fun for your playgroup because there's nothing that says that you can't. So that's a, a quick uh, overview of of my commander cube. It's been several years in the making to get it exactly the way I like it. And even still, I keep adding and taking out cards with pretty much every new set that comes out. So it's always going to be a work in progress. And feel free, if you're building, to tinker with it until it's finally something that you really like. I think that uh, a, cu a cube like this is such a fun way to play commander, and it really can last you forever. Like, let's say that the world ends and magic stops, uh, the wizard stops making magic cards for forever. You'll always have this cube that you can build uh, and play with sort of as long as you have three other friends so uh, I'm doing I did a write-up for this uh, for this cube of mine on cardgamebase.com please feel free to check out that article and read out read over what else I have to say about it you can also find me on Instagram at dpenguin again or on Twitter at again underscore penguin. Hit me up if you like this episode or if you want to hear more things like this or if you have any other comments or suggestions about this episode, my cube, or anything else. And that's pretty much all that's on my mind right now. So I'll talk to you again next time.